Hi there, I'm Matthias and this is Let's Go Digital by Neptune Software. Thanks very much for tuning in. Knowing one or two things about low-code, we're really passionate about digital transformation, hence the title. In today's episode, you'll tune into a conversation on how to make your SAP S4HANA conversion easier and smoother. Plus, we'll cover how rapid application platforms can help your IT department to keep innovating in parallel. So get ready to be inspired with us. All right. Thanks for tuning in uh, to today's chat on the topic of S4 and uh, rapid application development platforms. For those who don't know me, my name is Matthias Steiner. I'm running the product management side here at Neptune, and I have a very special guest. Christoph, you want to quickly introduce yourself before we go ahead? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Matthias. Uh, my name is Christoph Gams. I'm the managing director here for the German operations of Neptune Software. And yeah, my team is responsible for uh, software sales and supporting our clients in the German speaking parts of Europe. Basically, that includes Austria, Switzerland and, and Germany, of course. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's good to have you. I mean, for, for the topic, everybody that is listening in probably understands that the German speaking market is sort of SAP's home court, while the topic, of course, is universally uh, of interest by everybody around the globe. Let's start with the with a German-speaking angle and then expand as we move along. So um, let's maybe start taking a look at the immediate situation. I mean, how do you see the, the COVID-19 impact uh, SAP's customer base and, and Neptune in particular these days? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a new uh, situation for everyone. And I would say it's a mixed situation. We're seeing projects slowing down, of course. Um, few have been stopped. On the other hand, uh, there's also demand for digitalization popping out on different ends because obviously with more people working from home, working remotely, there's immediate need to digitize certain processes. And then you have key industries, for example, oil and gas, everyone knows has been, has been hurting. And on the other hand, there's industries like pharma, medical, and the public sector, of course, um, where Still, they're in difficult situations, but projects, budgets, everything is basically, uh, yeah, almost blossoming because of the situation. So overall, we are definitely in, in mixed waters here. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of industries. I think overall, it's a change of state, if you will. So the old roots no, don't apply. And um, from my observation, it's those companies that have been starting to see digital and digital solutions as an asset to either, you know, give their employees ways to operate without coming to the office or brick and mortar stores that were able to deliver some sort of web store and, and, and arrange for pickup or delivery. Those are doing better than the rest of them. So, so I get this. But besides this, how does that impact the SAP customer base and what's top of their mind beyond keeping the business alive uh, these days? Right. Right beyond the immediate situation where everyone, of course, is, is putting sort of heads down and focuses on cost savings and, yeah, you know, risk management, navigating through the pandemic, basically. I mean, the dominating topic in the SAP space has been the S4 conversion, of course, now for a couple of, of years and, you know, growing. And we talk to the user groups frequently and based on the feedback, for example, from DSAG, or in the Americas, the ASIC user group, the vast majority of SAP customers is currently actively looking into how to move to S4HANA. 
So the official numbers from SAP, if you look at those, um, roughly 14,000 SAP customers are currently live or in the late stages of implementing S4HANA. And you know, if you compare that with the estimated install base globally of SAP customers, there is still a huge demand and a huge market out there for skilled consultants, especially now with the deadline of maintenance for the ECC being expanded to at least 2027. Um, so there's a huge market basically, and all the main system integrators know that and have made their first experiences in projects. So they're positioning their entire solution portfolio in the S4 context and, and are shaping their best practices right now. Yeah, that's a interesting angle. I mean, these days, I think a lot of companies are definitely putting uh, cost-saving measures into place. So one would probably be assume that everybody says, okay, where can I cut costs? Oh, I have a larger consulting uh, engagement here on the roadmap. Let's let's postpone it. Uh, at the other end, and I think a lot of people that were very vocal about this in the last couple of months is giving what, what you just said, that there's such a huge... Um, addressable market, if you will, of customers that still have to make this conversion happen. And, and most of them, depending on the SIs, if you will, to help them, guide them through this process. I don't think that this will have a very dramatic impact on a lot of companies saying, let's just pause here and wait till it all settles down, because everybody understands that the current demand for expertise in that area is, is exceeding what the market can supply, in my opinion. So I think that the, the SIs will continue to drive down that roadmap. But um, let's talk a bit more about their role in all of this. How do you see the SIs helping SAP's customer base to move to S4? What, what are you seeing there? What's yeah. their main role in this? I mean, they play a fundamental role, right? And quite frankly, for anyone in the SAP space selling consulting services these days, the overall move to S4HANA is in a way a goldmine. Especially if you're looking at large SAP customers, if you look at large customers of those the system integrators that have extensively customized and custom coded the SAP backends over the last 15 to 20 years, right? Um, this move to S4HANA is anything but, but trivial and will take years. It's a year-long project. Um, and an SAP lead at one of our customers just told me the other day that they have probably more custom code in their code base by now after 20 years than what SAP has originally shipped out of the box, right? Mm -hmm. So looking from an SI perspective, methodology, yes, but one of the fundamental challenges is what to do with all the custom coding that has been part of the code base for so many years uh, within these clients. No, that's a good point. Just this morning, I, I read a blog post from Thomas Sauer-Essig, uh, who, as I assume most people mm -hmm. know, is, is heading the, the engineering group entirely, right? So he's kind of the chief product officer. And, and he mentioned that these days, this need for individual solution is more present than ever. So for me, yeah. I think in this whole conversation, I see two extremes. I see this topic, custom code, sometimes being associated with modification and technical depth, which is of course very negative, right? Has a very negative sentiment to it. And on the other hand, you have this need for custom code as a differentiating uh, factor that is of course extremely positive. So, I mean, from my point, and you uh, kind of laid the foundation for this debate, 
when you talk about custom code, there's a few things you need to take into consideration. So first of all, do I still need all of this custom code when I'm moving to S4? The second one is, would it even work as is to take it just to S4? Because we know there has been some fundamental changes in the architecture in the stack, the virtual domain uh, model, just as one example. Um, and then, of course, the underlying question, does it make sense to just drag along existing code to S4? I mean, I just made a, a big investment resource-wise into a very renovated and modern digital core, as SAP calls it. So that, do I want to take along my old baggage technical depth, or do I have to renovate it? And I think that shows that at the end of the day, it's a very complicated topic. And just to refer back to what you said about this gold mine, I think everybody is, is well advised to work together with the SIs to get some solid advice and, and consulting because it's it's far from trivial, right? Right. And I mean, there are multiple aspects to address this, and there's probably not the one right answer. It absolutely depends. And you probably, as a big customer, a big enterprise, you need multiple ways to address the challenges ahead. Um, but if you're asking me to focus on one thing, I would probably recommend to really focus on your overall target direction first. I mean, architectural-wise, landscape-wise, what is your overall cloud strategy? What is your CIO's broader digital transformation agenda, right? That you need to follow over the next five to 10 years. And um, circling back to SAP, basically over the last couple of years, SAP in general has been very uh, outspoken about endorsing a keep the core clean uh, approach yep. Yep. towards S4HANA, right? Uh, basically encouraging customers to take this conversion as, a, as an opportunity to cut down technical debt and also apply, establish a stricter separation of concerns, basically, just to make sure that operations from now on under S4 are going to be a little bit smoother, right? That's where this is coming from. And yeah, sort of wrapping this up, going back to the challenges that you just pointed out and addressed. Yes, look at your overall target direction and from a methodology point of view, working together with the SIs, you need to start with a thorough gap analysis. Yeah. If you're not a greenfield new customer who just starts out with S4, take your time and make a quality gap analysis. And if you have the right SI, they will recommend the same thing. And that's just something we really need to focus on together with the overall IT landscape strategy that plays a big role. Yeah. What I hear from you is there's no one size fits all. So let's just right. park it there and understand it. And you said how to tackle this depends greatly on a lot of things. And you mentioned the, the system landscape. You mentioned the amount of custom code that companies may have and want to take along. And so we all know that it depends is, is the classic <laughs> consulting answer, if you will. So let's Sorry just break that. it down. What are the, the factors in, in addition? I think keeping the core clean is something that, yeah, was very, very emphasized in the last couple of years. Um, at the same time, you also saw separation of concerns, being able to have a clear lifecycle management that accepts the fact that there may be custom code in there, but also being able to handle it. And then you set the future IT landscape. Um, I think on top of that, you can say, okay, what's the expertise that some companies have in-house? Because ultimately, this is also a factor that needs to be applied in the culture, for sure as well. And then it all boils to me also into this whole topic of build versus buy, where 
let's just make this quite clear, it should not be build versus buy, but which parts of the gaps that you just mentioned do I want to address with standard solution? Which of those do I believe I should address with custom coding? So it's a very nuanced thing. And at the end of the day, and I think this SAP was quite clear on this, they say, you got to take a look at both. We're going to provide you with a digital core that gives you all this standard solution and be ready for real time business in a 21st century kind of fashion. At the same time, you would be well advised to have the strategic platform for custom development of applications and for extending some of the functionality that's coming out of the box as part of the intelligent suite. So it's this platform plus solution thing. And I think that's in general, high level of very good advice for everybody out there. Right? True. Um, I mean, poking a bit on your SAP background, this does sound <laughs> like the classic SAP cloud platform pitch, doesn't it? Am I missing anything here? <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely something that I have been propagating and encouraging people for a long time. And yeah, so if that's still shining through, then it's fine because I still believe it's right. I think what I want to bring up at this point in time is that, and just taking it back on what you just said, you have to take into account also the, the strategic direction. And I think everybody understands these days that cloud is the future. At the same time, and, and you probably know best because you're having those conversations day in and day out, especially in the German speaking market, there's also a little bit of reluctance and, and hesitation though to say, we go cloud all in or we're gonna push it. I think the current situation may help accelerate this, but no doubt, and I think SAP is also in line with this and saying this very, very prominently that the future will be hybrid for most companies, right? There will always be assets that you say for whatever reasons, be it, data privacy, information security, be it just making sure that I have everything in-house and not depending too much on the outside world. So people will say, we keep some stuff on-prem. And for those people, and especially those that have a lot of custom code and a very strong SAP practice in-house, the majority of those will go to on-prem S4, right, to S4 on-premise. And then there may be other alternatives than to say, well, but your extension platform, your development platform sits in the cloud because some people might say, oh, let's, let's take it step by step. So you have to take that into consideration. So for somebody that goes greenfield or has very little to none custom code and say, yo, all speed towards cloud, then yes, it's, it's a perfect um, way to go forward. But as you said, it's a combination of uh, what is the strategic direction and the time frame we set ourselves to move towards more of a hybrid scenario, plus what is the skill set and the people that I have because ultimately, and let's scratch the surface a little bit here, is the stack and the technical understanding you need to develop cloud applications is a completely different piece from, from what people are used to. So you have to take all of this into consideration when you're talking about how to move over my custom code from ECC to S4. That's my point. Right, right. There's. I don't want to say SAP legacy to protect, but SAP legacy to consider. And I mean, as you just said- Don't call it um, legacy. It's investment of uh, protection of investment, right? <laughs> that's what yes. I, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> no, but yeah, as you said, moving over this code, as you framed it, it makes little sense to just move the code as is, right? We have to take a close look at it, probably. Yeah, no, 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 of course, that's what I, already uh, elaborated on a little bit. It's, this is part of the best practice, I believe. What do I do with the custom code? What do I still need? Do I need more than this? Because as we all know, S4 also got trimmed a little bit uh, mm -hmm. in this uh, whole process because there was a lot of 
code that was created over the years that were very specific to for a few customers or a single customer and what was used more broadly. So they trimmed down a little bit as well. So once you have done that gap analysis, then you're thinking, okay, which of the custom code do I want to move over? And what part of this do I need to renovate? And this is, I think, where we now get coming to the meat of where I see our digital experience platform coming in because it has two components. One module, if you will, sits technically as an add-on within the NetWeaver stack. So it sits right embedded within the digital core. So from a technology or from an infrastructure perspective, it has a zero footprint almost. So there's no nothing you to take care of. And it seamlessly blends into the whole development environment, the lifecycle management of what the ABAP developers know. So for those people, it's quite easy and as seamless as it gets to develop applications within that stack and, and deploy a Fiori and, and mobile applications all over the place in a very rapid fashion and just in a very unobtrusive way. At the same time, if we take a look at the recent strategy at SAP, and honestly speaking, it was more of a built-in acquisition uh, than, than ever before, right? So all of those cloud acquisitions being made from success factors um, to Concur, Ariba, FieldClass, Gigia, and all those, technically they're not SAP from a technology stack. And to accommodate to this, um, also to have this loosely coupled modular suite that SAP is now propagating, we can offer also this other component that is a very versatile um, Node.js-based digital experience platform. It can be deployed on-prem, within containers, with all the public clouds, and hence can sit in close proximity or even co-located with those cloud solutions. And this way you have a very, very lean and lightweight connection between the digital core and the other SaaS solutions. And as we offer UI5 on both of them, you can really now bring home this unified, cohesive digital experience across the board to just scratch the surface on what we're providing. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah, and I think that's that's a very powerful asset. At the same time, and this is a completely other aspect to it. I mean, if you promise, if you're in charge of this S4 conversion and you go to your executive sponsors or the board or whoever is in charge of this, and you tell them, give me the resources I need in 18 months to, to two, three years, there's gonna be this shiny promised land. It's It's a very shallow promise. And I'm sure that the executive sponsors will closely monitor the progress that you're making. And um, having been in, in projects where you get this management attention, I know that the last thing you want is have a challenging project and at the same time, a very skeptical executive sponsor because you spend more time reporting back to them on how you're doing than focusing on getting the job done. So I think with Neptune DXP, using it as a platform to drive innovative solutions in parallel to this conversion gives you the stakeholder trust that you need to show them continuously, no, I'm not just driving this as for conversion, I'm also helping you drive other business value with custom fit applications that address problem spaces that we have in this company. And I think that's a lot of value by itself already. Yeah, no, and uh, true, I can only second that. That is a powerful value proposition, I would say. And and from my experience, especially within larger SMBs and large enterprise space, typically, and I'm sure you've seen that yourself, there is an SAP and 
basically a non-SAP IT camp, right? And, and the former, the IT team is typically more associated with keeping the systems running, keeping the lights on basically, you know, and yep. the non-SAP team or the Microsoft team sometimes gets all the innovation topics moving into the cloud, IoT, blockchain and whatnot. And what I understand from what you're saying is that with this platform approach on top of S4HANA, the SAP IT team can do both, right? Move to S4HANA, keep the SAP lights on as always, but at the same time drive business outcomes and through innovative custom applications and processes, create value as you move through this conversion. That's a very, very good point. Yeah, uh, I think a couple of years back, uh, there was this differentiation between mode one and mode two in this whole topic of B-modal IT. Right. And I think everybody understands it's a little bit dated because no matter what you do in this more fast-paced, innovative mode, needs to tie back into the digital core. So you can't look at it in separate ways. And as you said, you can also innovate and drive business results on the mode one. And let's not forget about this, right? Um, so what I've seen at SAP, and it was, was another initiative driven by Thomas Auer Essek, he implemented a strategic app factory within SAP, within the IT department to say, let's roll out massive amount of custom apps that address the daily needs of our employees. You know, it's like a industrializing the creation of custom applications for the internal workforce. And that's a smart thing to do because you get everybody sees what the IT team is bringing to the table. You're helping them solving everyday problems and you pave the road towards digital transformation because at the end of the day, before you can talk about digital transformation, you have to become a digital company first. Right. So that is a very, very smart thing to do. And I think that's a very important aspect to consider and where I see our customer base, those that are really, really successful in saying, no, let's use this app factory mentality and approach that Neptune gives us to yeah, rapidly develop applications that otherwise never see the, the light of day because the IT team is always more focused on prior one topics. Right? So that's, that's value uh, in itself as well. Yeah, yeah and uh, I have to say, uh, that's exactly what we're hearing from our clients that are thinking or are on their way to S4. Basically, everyone agrees that standardization is in general desirable, right? But this has also Absolutely. been true 20, 30 years ago. It's, it's no news in a way, but as a matter of fact, there is good reason, and this goes back to, to what you just said with the App Factory approach, there is good reason for certain custom code and innovative custom processes. That's how you create competitive advantages. That's where you control your internal costs, and this is how you highly optimize your services or especially in manufacturing your processes that you're relying on creating goods that you sell and that is constant custom design and constant innovation in a nutshell to me and in light of all that Matthias what would you recommend to a CIO that approaches us right now when it comes to the S4 journey? Um, I think the best way, and this clearly is, is no different from what SAP people tell you, is try to stay close to the standard as much as you can. And then if you see areas where you want to differentiate for good reasons, because you believe that you have something that is better than the standard, better than the prior art, if you will, that's where you have to go all out. This is your competitive advantage. Um, 
what I say and I wanted to emphasize on, you just have to make sure that you do this in ways and at a scale that your prior one topics use the same technologies as those everyday fit for purpose apps that you need. Because right. if you have two separate technologies, it's not manageable. And I think that was also something where local platforms such as ours or rapid application development kind of got a little bit of a bad reputation in the past because it was never the same thing as what the, the real IT was using. Mm. And this is, I think, where we completely have a different beast ship with Neptune because it's all so compliant to SAP strategy when it comes to SAP HANA as the underlying database when it comes to UI5 and Biori. Um, we can also say we can pick up the, the ABAP developers where they feel at home at the same time with our non-ABAP offering. We have a very modern TypeScript-based programming model that's also producing UI5. So for those new kids on the block, the next gen, that we feel more at home with JavaScript and web technologies, um, both of them can start adding value and using the same set of technologies, whether it's on the cloud or on-premise, as the other IT, if you will. So it's not the citizen developer that's creating something with tailor-fitted tools that's completely living within the shadow IT. No, it's the same technologies. So you, you're not adding a burden to the IT team. And yeah, and this way you have the benefits of a stable core that you can rapidly update and enhance as those functionality comes available because you don't have to do modification clearing. At the same time, you have means to do in a proper way, as you said, taking into account separation of concerns and all that, ways to do custom code where you need it. And that's at the end of the day, I think, yeah, take both angles and you will be successful. Right. And maybe just to wrap this up, what you just said, um, from a business case or management perspective, let's not forget the license costs that such a yeah. <laughs> low-code rapid application development platform also entails. And, and this is where we as Neptune Software, we truly believe in this app factory approach. I mean, tight integration into your IT architecture, into the technologies you're using as the real IT when it comes to your S4HANA move. But then also, again, from a business case perspective, the app factory approach. The more innovative custom applications you're designing and producing, basically, the cheaper your cost per application will be under our license model, for example. And I think that's also, yeah. of course, the business case always needs to match in order to drive business. Yeah, good that you bring in back the, the saying, oh yeah, so from, of course that's there. And as you rightfully said, it, it goes hand in hand with desire to establish common technology stack and common application development platform in-house for such purposes. And yeah, and leaving the financial aspects out of it and the technical aspect, it all boils down to people, right, as we know. And uh, I strongly believe in this saying that the culture eats strategy for breakfast. So, so that's just what I said. Don't underestimate the influence that your people have. And if if you have a strong ABAP team in-house, then you would be really, really stupid not to leverage them and show them the way how they can help guide uh, the company and, and change the perception that you said of just keeping lights on. No, those people know business processes. Um, the Agile Manifest, as we all know, it clearly says people and interaction over processes and tools. So start with the people, take them on board, and then give them the right tools. And having been a developer, I know that, yeah, developers want tools that support them and not dictate them how to do stuff. So if you give them a platform that seamlessly plugs into their way of thinking, their way of working, I think they will, they will like it. 
Absolutely. I mean, you can have the best systems and platforms in the world, the best architecture. It's worth nothing without the right people who are able to handle and who are able to understand your business and your business processes behind everything. That's mm -hmm. absolutely true. All right, Matthias, looking at the clock, yeah. we are basically <laughs> at the end of today's fire chat, right? We got carried away a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's fine. I, I hope that the people took something away from it that was meaningful. If you have questions, if you have remarks, please let us know. Um, we will definitely reach out to you with a summary. Um, and we will also take into account, of course, any suggestions, feedback, questions that you may have. So don't be shy. Thanks again for tuning in and listening. And yeah, have a good remaining week. And yeah, maybe just to wrap things up, um, what did I get out of this today? I think you have to get your architecture ready with a central development innovation platform when you're starting to move to S4HANA. And, and overall, Matthias, and, and I hope you agree with me here, be brave in your S4 conversion. Yes, keep yes. the core cleaner, right? Um, but, but never stop innovating. Take a look at the App Factory approach to, to digitalization and bottom line, delight your users with, with innovative apps. I think that's, that will that's you. the bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. It was great talking right. to you, Christoph. All the best. Great talking to you, as always, Matthias. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. See you next time. Thanks very much for listening to today's episode. Please follow us on social media to see what we're up to. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube as Netron Software. We hope to keep inspiring you with new stories on bridging business and IT. See you next time.